Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I am Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of our department at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for being here with us this week, Bill. Oh, it's great to be here as always. So this is now our sixth month in a world with COVID-19, which is just amazing. What is new in terms of testing at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for COVID-19? Well, first of all, it's, it's out getting to the point, it's hard to picture the world prior to COVID-19 <laughs> yeah. being part of our world. You know, it just seems like such a different time, and yet it was only six months ago. Uh, we do continue to push the boundary on the lab diagnostics uh, for COVID-19. Just this week at Mayo Clinic, we'll be going live with a neutralizing antibody assay. So that's a test that can actually look at the antibodies in someone that is seropositive for anti-SARS-CoV-2 antibodies and actually determine if those antibodies are effective in blocking viral infection in vitro. Uh, really excited because it's a test that we co-developed with Viriad, which is a company based here in Rochester, started by one of my colleagues, Dr. Stephen Russell. And it's out, one of the things that's really exciting about it is that these assays have been around for a long time. They're typically very manual and very difficult to do at scale. But we've, working, uh, we've worked together, Dr. John Mills, Dr. Ellie Thiel, um, have worked hard with our colleagues at Viria to actually create a method that we can scale. Uh, and we're actually going to be a testing center for the FDA to look at much of the convalescent antisera that has been donated to see what the activity is in that, in that antisera and see if that correlates with some of the findings that, as we start to get data from that study. Wow, that that's program, exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, and it has the potential to really help a lot of patients if you can show that giving convalescent plasma is going to be helpful to our patients struggling with COVID-19. Yeah, I think there's really, number one, it'll help from the program give insights, a lot more information in terms of when people respond and when they didn't, is it related to the, the actual biologic activity of what they were given? Um, it also would be a really important step in uh, the next phase of the convalescent antisera, which is where they take it and concentrate it into a, an injectable form. So that's where they take lots of antibodies from different individuals, take the most reactive and concentrate it into a drug that can be given more readily than it can be with, with antisera as it's given right now. And so that'll be a huge step for that. And it'll probably be part of helping to answer the questions that people really want to know, and that is how effective is immunity when someone is, has an immune response, you know, how safe are they from being reinfected? I think they want to look at doing enough of this testing to say, does this correlate them with people's ability to not get reinfected by SARS-CoV-2? Well, those are some really important questions. So that's great news. Indeed. Now, yeah. Now, meanwhile, of course, I think what's on a lot of people's minds are, is that we're also getting back to work. And for us here at Mayo Clinic, that means seeing patients and performing more testing now than ever to support patient care now that we're going back up to uh, pretty near 
full capacity. And I just heard that our laboratories are up to about 80% of our volume pre-COVID. And from my own personal area, I know that testing for things such as tick-borne diseases are in increasing quickly because the ticks are out and biting. So as chair for our department, what are some of your considerations now when balancing the huge volumes of COVID testing we're doing with all these other necessary laboratory tests? Yeah, well, first of all, um, it is, it's, it's, it's like the world stopped spinning on its axis in early March, of, at least from a North American <laughs> perspective. And now it's starting to, to re-spin, right? So we're really yeah. seeing uh, things restart. This is a really interesting for Mayo Clinic Labs because it gives really Mayo Clinic as a whole, we serve as sort of a canary in a coal mine or in a more positive way of kind of the bell cow for what's happening in healthcare. <laughs> so as we see the volumes come back, it really signifies to us that, wow, healthcare is really restarting, not just in Rochester, but across the country. So that's number one. It does bring up some very interesting considerations. There were some tests that, that really stayed at pretty strong volumes throughout much of the oncology testing because those patients still needed care. We're seeing some resurgence of things, uh, rebounding uh, transplants, I know, and transplants that were deferred. Um, now really coming back. So we're seeing some surging and testing that's a little different than we had seen in the, you know, in the past. And the real hard part or challenging part, I should say, is now we're kind of walking this tightrope where Mayo Clinic, like just about every other healthcare provider across the country, has furloughed some staff in, in the face of, of a precipitous drop of volumes with COVID pandemic and social isolation. So how do we balance bringing people back we have some staff that have been reassigned to help with the massive influx of COVID testing. How do we start to get those people back but keep the COVID testing going? So there's a lot of actual operational challenges that we're gonna to have to manage here going forward. And I think that Mayo Clinic Labs, we do it at scale, but every hospital lab is gonna really be faced with this, where they're gonna see areas of their practice that are gonna, and the laboratories support for the practice, they're gonna see real rapid increase in volumes while they're still trying to manage COVID-19. So it's going to be an interesting conundrum for the labs and every lab since all the labs touch basically every area of the practice. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging time. I know in my own lab, we're facing some of these challenges. Of course, in clinical microbiology, we are all about COVID testing. I'm, I'm always grateful at this time that we have such strong driving principles. The reason that we all love working here and come to work is that we know we're here for our patients. So it, we really do want to make whatever we can work to provide the patient care needed now that our patients are coming back to our healthcare system. And yeah. as, as you said, as that's happening around the country as well. Yep, when we have to support that through Mayo Clinic Labs, we want to make sure we're supporting all the healthcare systems, their restart. Also, the other thing that's out there is now that it's been six months is the a lot of the changes in regulations made at the federal level were because of a public health emergency uh, that does have a limited time span. I think of I can't recall, but it's not it's not open ended. And of course, for those of us involved in testing, it's been kind of an energizing time in that. The, those lowered barriers allowed us to do things a lot more quickly, but now we have to keep an eye if it no longer is considered a public health emergency, are we going to really kind of be things like digital pathology and things that we've been able to do more remote care? What is that going to look like? I mean, that will probably occupy a lot of my time um, that I hadn't anticipated as we go through the summer as, you know, as the head of Mayo Clinic Labs and, and the department chair, I'll probably be called to provide input into how, what regulations should have longer periods of 
more open window and aperture for people to do to innovate around the problem. So it'll be an interesting time. Yeah, great points. I'm sure this is going to come up in our future discussions. So I guess to end on a, a bit of a sobering note, but something that's really quite important is something that I think everyone's been seeing in the news centered on Minneapolis and St. Paul, just north of Rochester, Minnesota, where there's been a lot of issues with social justice and public protests. How has that impacted our laboratory operations and being able to provide that critical testing for our patients? Well, luckily, uh, from just a purely operational perspective, it has not had a real profound impact on our day-to-day -day operations. We've seen some areas of the country that have had difficulty getting specimens to us because of the, the protests and it just difficulties in moving around in some of the cities as a result uh, with the highways and other areas of the cities being shut down. I have to say, you know, as a, someone that's lived in Minnesota for over 30 years, it was really painful to watch the tragedy unfold up in Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, starting, of course, in Minneapolis. And uh, really, it's a very, uh, you know, what COVID has done is really shined a very bright light on some of the uh, healthcare disparity issues facing this country. And so I think that that's that on top of the, the fact that this is another episode that started with, with the uh, unnecessary death of a black man at the hands of the police has really kind of created a situation that's really forced a lot of this to the fore. That's really unfortunate. I think what we want to do, and it certainly feels different this time, is have the real forbearance and the real, uh, and just keeping, uh, keeping this front of mind and actually making some meaningful change out of this, I think that will be a drive with COVID-19 is still clearly ravaging the globe. I think there'll be a renewed focus to make sure that, that access to both the diagnostics and the care is equitable across this country and across, and across the world. And on the heels of that, to really address some of the healthcare disparity issues that, uh, that really need to be addressed. So, it, so it's as painful as it is, the only way we can make meaning out of that pain is to actually understand the source and to really drive and making meaningful changes. And, and Mayo Clinic is clearly committed to that. I'm committed to that. The, we're a place that's founded on our Franciscan values. And so uh, that's clearly, St. Francis was a great example of reaching out across the world that when he went over to visit uh, actually the Sultanate during the Holy Wars, the trying in the Holy Wars. So mm -hmm. when you talk about difference of opinions. So I think we're very, very much committed to that as well. So if we can help play a, even a small role in helping to make meaningful change, we'll be glad for that. Well, thank you, Bill, for your thoughts on this sobering topic and for your leadership during this time. Well, with that, we'll wrap up for this week and uh, we'll stay tuned for future updates. Thank you for joining us again today, Dr. Maurice. Yeah, thank you. And I'm glad I still have some, I, we still have new stuff even after six oh, months. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> There's always something <laughs> new every no day. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday. <laughs>